feet are the boobs of the legs. <laughs> I think. No, no. What are the boobs of the legs? Feet are the hands of the legs. Okay, toes are the boobs of the legs. That's true. There's <laughs> the people nipple. are creeps about them. They're the nipple, I think. Toes are the nipples of the legs. Well, I toes mean, are the nipples of the feet. <laughs> we figured this out. <laughs> I mean, like, we know knees are the elbows of the legs. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're doing an arm to leg comparison, there's a lot of. Nate's direct... head is in his hand. I'm not talking, I'm talking about what's a boob, though. The boob of the legs is pro. Oh, you know what it is? It's the arches. It's the arches. I'm giving my foot, which is in <laughs> a which is, It's in a slipper. <laughs> well, now that we've solved that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to WrestleSplania, the show where I, Rachel Melman, a new wrestling fan, has wrestling explained to her by Kath Barbadero, a wrestling enthusiast. Hi, how are Hi. you, Rachel? Hi, I'm good. Uh, you know, excited about this episode. Excited about every episode. I should like find a new way to distinct distinct that. <laughs> but like, I just I, I pick love... good shit. You do pick good shit. <laughs> I'm very spoiled. One day we will watch mediocre wrestling, but, but today is not this that is day. Not that episode. <laughs> today is not that day because today we are. Watching watching um some of the most critically acclaimed wrestling definitely of the last year of the last decade if not of all time um some big stuff today we watched um some of the kazuchika okada kenny omega trilogy um in new japan we did not watch the second match so there are three matches um, that are referred to as this trilogy. It's the three times that New Japan IWGP heavyweight champion Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega have wrestled each other. Um, the first match we watched, which was at Wrestle Kingdom 11, which was last year. Um, your first thing that you watched was Wrestle Kingdom 12. Yes. So, And there's still so much that stemmed out of that that I'm getting into now and I'm learning more about. Yeah, like, you're filling in the storylines. Filling in the storylines, getting to see some of those guys live. It's like, oh, you were at the first thing I ever mm -hmm. that tuned me in. So this, it's very special in its own way. Um, yeah, so that's the first thing we watched. And then um, we'll talk about the second match a little bit, um, but we did not watch it. And then we watched the... Uh, their final match in the trilogy, which was at the G1 Climax. Um, it was a, a tournament, so it was not a title match, but uh, they wrestled each other. It was fucking great. Um, yeah, I'm really into these matches. These matches, I think, are really what solidified Kenny Omega as my favorite wrestler. Really? As it did with a lot of people. This is really something that put him on the map, which we'll talk about a little later. What I want to talk about now with you is just kind of like what were your impressions of these guys going into this did you know anything about okada we haven't really talked about him on the show how is this different than your impressions of kenny omega in the past what's your deal my deal is is that like i knew okada from i knew okada i knew of okada like i knew his name i knew him because you told me about the greg tweet where he tweeted uh little kazu got those long boys yep <laughs> which i still like just sometimes just you know repeat around my house is just like, like a it's filler. a brainworm it's like a, fi a filler sentence in my head instead of like a lyric to like the boys are back in town or something like that little kazu got them long boys is definitely one for me you know what my new one is like that that uh my roommate becky said to me the other day what uh when does a cup become a bucket <laughs> That's been like in my head. I just keep saying it to myself. When? It's like a riddle. When does a cup become a bucket? I really. That like stopped to... you in your tracks. <laughs> I feel like 
you're missing like a measuring cup, which is the beginning stages of bucket. Well, how big is the measuring cup? This could be its whole podcast. I'm sorry to bring this up. I could talk about when a cup becomes a bucket for like an hour. Anyway, Lil <laughs> Kazu got them long boys. Uh, well, I knew of him as because I will shamefully admit now, like not like everybody on this podcast didn't already know this intrinsically. I have scanned Dustin's media tab. A few times. Uh, and, and Lil Kazu figures prominently in yeah, Dustin's media tag. Because he steals his phone and takes selfies on it. And Dustin <laughs> will tweet them like, look at what this little pervert did now. Which, like, that's a thing I immediately identify with. Yeah. Both sides of, look at what my little dumb friend did. And also being the dumb friend who, like, picks someone's phone up and does that. <laughs> and like, does a weird face swap with their poster. That's, like, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like such a fun goofball. I know he, I knew he was respected wrestler i didn't know anything about him i didn't know his backstory and kenny i know as like this grand loving man who is like the best wrestler everyone loves him he's so nice he's so caring he does a lot of cosplay (laughs) he uh he giggles with he giggles with uh with kota that's kenny kenny is this big teddy bear that i know so this was a fun flipping of the script for my Kenny impression. Yeah, because you got into wrestling right at the time when Kenny stopped being who he was in this match, which is the cleaner character, the the Terminator inspired, yeah, like eighties bad guy, eighties action movie villain. Inspired is somehow an undersell because he <laughs> literally reenacts the Terminator (laughs) in the first match that I, in the first match that I watched at Wrestle Kingdom, at Wrestle Kingdom. He does like the full thing. I'm kind of mad. They didn't do a butt reveal with him, but like, it's (laughs) fine. I see so much of that man naked as is. We were just talking upstairs about, um, Rachel has not seen if anybody out there is interested. Uh, there's a really fun tag team match that Kenny did with Asuka back when she was called Kana in Japan and it's all about their butts. And it's like, it begins with them taunting the other team by like posing and like sticking their butts out. Like, <laughs> look how hot we are. And then it, it's basically, I don't want to give too much away, but you see a lot of Kenny's just bare ass. So if that's something that interests you, and why wouldn't it be something that interests you, check out that match. I mean, I was going to ask if you wanted to hang out later. If you want to watch it, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but the evil Kenny was really fun because, but it's a, it was a very, it obviously wasn't planned to be specifically for me, but it worked really nicely as like a very clean dip into the pool of heel Kenny. Yeah. Right? Because I know him as this goofy cosplayer and this huge dweeb. And so it starts with him cosplaying at the ultimate intention. Right. And he's always a dweeb. Even when he's heel Kenny, he's still a dweeb. Yeah. Like, and he comes out with like the fake shotgun and stuff and he's doing the Terminator and you see him <laughs> incorporate it into the match too where he's got like the one knee down and he's yeah. in the pose and they do the up. <laughs> <laughs> which is always super fun. It's really dorky. Yeah. And then he goes into just being this incredible heel but he does it wordlessly. Yeah. I also, I think it's interesting that he is, I always think Kenny works better as a face. I like, I like him better as. He's just so likable. Because he's so sweet. Like he's, he's such a thoughtful, sweet person. And you can tell that I, I never like totally bought into him as a heel, but I do like that even as a heel, he's still able to do it his way where it's like, there's references to like this eighties action movie. And like he is running bullet club 
just like a you know like a video game bad guy he's a he's a villain in an anime he does the voice like it's still him as a bad guy he's still able to use this characterization as an extension of himself kenny's version of being a bad guy is that he's kenny but wearing leather (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like that's very cool to me um i also said this too that like you can tell he's the the tanner he is the more evil he gets yeah and he's he's pretty tan during he's so brown and red in both of these (laughs) and he has these big white eyes and i it looks like especially in the second match I don't know if it's just because of his dark tan or what, but he looks like he doesn't have eyebrows and it makes him look extra scary. Yeah, I noticed that in his post interview. Yeah. And um, there's a wrestler in NXT, Shayna Baszler, who has kind of a similar look. She's so scary looking. She doesn't have eyebrows and she wears a black mouth guard. And she's so scary looking. It's terrifying. Yeah, she's like an awesome evil heel. She sounds like Slender Man. Yeah, she's super scary. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, like Kenny, he he's so expressive with his face. And so his eyes are like these big white. They're rolling around in his head when he gets hit with like those big rainmakers from Okada. It's it's such a striking image. They both do like so much work with their faces and telling the narrative of like the pain that Okada goes through versus Kenny's like wild, angry, dark need to do this. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about Okada because I think his character is very interesting, too. Um so I know you know him mostly as the silly phone stealing little pervert as with the like, long voice <laughs> from from phone, Dustin and Greg's I think Twitter. A, I think the exact phrasing is phone stealing pervert, right? Yeah, phone stealing pervert, little Kazu. And phone stealing, and so like he's he just calls them, their goofy little friend that they yeah, get drunk with. He's their little trickster, and the great thing is, so they call him little Kazu, and he calls them Justin and Craig, which <laughs> I really enjoy. <laughs> It's very cute. Oh, that's, that's such a good insult, too. Like, ah, uh, someone not knowing your name, like yeah. Justin and Craig. He, um, so it was Greg's birthday the other day, and I saw, like, on Instagram, like, Okada had commented on Greg's Instagram, like, happy birthday, Craig. That was really cute. I was really happy. Craig and Justin. They sound, first of all, Craig and Justin it's like great on a, as a surface insult, and like those are also the names of like the less hot boy band members. Yeah, yeah. Even though like literally <laughs> Justin Timberlake, they're knockoff is. Justin. They're knockoff Dustin and Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Greg and Justin. <laughs> but so that's like how you know him, and and that's like a really fun part of being an Okada fan is that he has that side to his personality. But as a wrestler, his character is very different than that, which I think is kind of interesting. It's sort of the opposite of Kenny, who his character is kind of an extension of himself. I feel like Okada, obviously it's in there somewhere, but he seems very different off sort of when he's not in kayfabe. So Okada, um, he started wrestling in Mexico, I believe, but um, his in his most recent incarnation as the Rainmaker, the idea is basically that he is um, the moneymaker for New Japan. He's like the big flamboyant rich guy. He's very sort of cocky. Um, When he comes out, he's wearing this beautiful sequin jacket that I love. It's very flamboyant, very shiny, very like... You know, it's a little like a late 90s rap video. Like You can tell he like, you know drink some crystal and stuff like he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fancy he's doing a diddy thing he's our producer nate saw him uh in a promo image and went who's that fancy lad <laughs> which i think is is right i think that's right i think that's who okada is i'm just really proud that because like nate 
will edit these and be like, hey, what episode is this? And I'm like, you just listen to it. Do you not know? And he's like, I don't. I'm paying attention to other parts of this. I need you to tell me who this wrestler is. So the <laughs> fact that he remembers that who Kenny Omega is is very important to me. That like we're getting that one through. Okay. So he knows who Kenny is. He knows who Okada is now. He's the fancy lad. He's the fancy lad. I want to know who he knows the other who he knows the other ones are. We should have him on as a guest sometime and yeah. just ask him. We we won't tell him anything. We'll just ask him to explain what he thinks is going on to us. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a really good idea. <laughs> it's just like, who is Greg? The man you give attention to. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nate. But yeah, so Okada, as this character, he's been the top guy in New Japan for a really long time. He right now has the longest reign with the heavyweight title in New Japan history. He has uh, successfully defended it 11 times, which is... He's tied for the most successful defenses in one title in one title reign. Yeah, he's hot. He's really hot. He's a movie star. You know. Yeah, exactly. And he is he is legitimately like a very very handsome guy. Like even when Kenny is like trying to you know implode his skull, he's still very attractive. Yeah, like sweaty and red, which is just like that's kind of rude of him, frankly. Like <laughs> bring it down a notch for the rest of us, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's he the, so he's. Just, Prince, he's kind of a brat, you said, right? Yeah, he's just like, he's very cocky and he incorporates it into his wrestling in an interesting way to me because he, especially when he's wrestling somebody like Kenny, he, Kenny is so dramatic and so over the top with his characterization and his selling and oh, oh yeah, Kenny is like a is like a community college theater student. Yeah. He's really into being method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just very, very. Um, there's a lot of excess in his performance, and I, I really which is it's that sounds like I'm negging him more than necessary because I have got I have talked before about how Kenny is a legitimately very good actor. Yeah, but like he still incorporates a lot of that forsooth type yeah. of thing. It's a style. It's a <laughs> yeah, style, yeah. and I think the style suits the medium. Yeah. Um, but he's very over the top, and Okada is almost understated in his performance to me. He is. It's almost like when you do. When Kenny does a move to him, he's, like, inconvenienced. Like, it's just, like, he's, like, why'd you have to go fucking do that, man? Now I got a fucking Rainmaker you. Like, it's not, like, a... That's a cool, like, chew bubblegum sort yeah. of, like, uh, action movie guy It type fits of with thing. the character. Yeah. It fits with the character of, like... Oh, you done pissed me off. I don't need off. to fucking try. Like, yeah. And then it's sort of him getting more and more pissed off and trying harder because he's, like, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. I was taking it easy on you and now I'm pissed off. And I think that that works really well in these matches because there's a contrast in their styles in that way. The cool thing to me about Okada, Okada has been the champ for so long that some people who watch New Japan are kind of bored of him because he's like he's been the champ and like his whole thing is that he's just like too cool for school, right? It seems like the like a it's slightly it seems like a, a different but similar version of the Roman Reigns issue. Yeah, the well the comparison that some people make is with Randy Orton where we talked about this last time. I was actually thinking that because you talked about how We've talked about how uh, Randy Orton's problem is that he's so good at it that it doesn't look like he's trying, but yes. it doesn't work for him. Yeah. But it sort of works for Okada. I think it works for Okada. Okay. Um, I can't remember. I know whoever said this is someone I'm friendly enough with that they might listen to the podcast and I feel bad I can't um, credit them. But 
A friend of mine on Wrestle Twitter has described Okada as the best possible version of Randy Orton, which I think is like pretty apt. That's very apt. And I'm going to say that that's very apt because I had that internal thought Mm -hmm. independently. Yeah. So it's apt because I agree with it. (laughs) But this is the thing about Okada that I think makes him different and the thing that makes me like him as a champ. He does have that sort of too cool for school vibe about him, but he makes everybody he wrestles look really good. Yeah. He is kind of a perfect champ because even though nobody beats him, everybody looks better after they've had a match with him. Everybody has great matches with him and their sort of esteem and respect rises because they have put up a good match against Okada, the champ. And even when you know Okada's not going to lose because Okada never loses, he's like one of the most well-protected champs in, uh, you know, in the world in any wrestling promotion, even though you know he's not going to lose, you he makes you believe he's going to lose. Yeah. He really does. He's great at kicking out at the last second. He's great at selling. He makes everybody look really good. So in that way, I think the Randy Orton comparison is a little unfair because he's a very selfless performer, even as he's kind of understated. But yeah, like, I I don't know. I I would like to see someone else as the champ. I was bummed that um, he had a match against Tetsuya Naito this year at Wrestle Kingdom, and I I wanted Naito to win. But I don't think uh, it's so bad that he's been the champ for so long because he makes everybody else in the company look strong. And that's like a great thing to have in your title holder. Um, And this is a perfect example of that, these Okada Omega matches, because these matches really put Kenny Omega on the international map as one of the best wrestlers in the world. I honestly feel like Okada is a little bit underrated in these matches because this was like Kenny's breakout performance. Um, I think they're both great. I do think a little bit of that is because of racism like honestly if we're talking about the western wrestling press oh yeah well you know? a it's it's much easier for us to relate to kenny because he spe- speaks english right he does his promos in english we can understand what his motivations I mean, I, are a lot clearer i assume okada speaks english because he hangs out with dustin and greg <laughs> yeah so these matches um you know if you're listening to this you probably have some idea of sort of this like milestone of these matches where like Dave Meltzer, like, invented a new rating system because he loved them so much. (laughs) And they really did, um, I mean, Kenny Omega and Okada were both, you know, highly regarded, but these matches really took them to that next level of, like, these are some all-time people. Um, I think they're great. I, like I said, I think these matches are really what got me, like, from going from a casual fan to, like, a serious fan was watching these. Um, I mean, just the first match is so goddamn long and it's just a credit to both of their talents that they can just, they wrestle for a solid hour. Almost an hour, like 45. That's a long time. They're not doing a rumble spot where they can switch in and out and kind of go a little more casual. They go hardcore the entire time. You're at maybe the halfway mark when Kenny explodes out a goddamn table. Yeah. And then he keeps going. Yeah. That's and crazy. So the only reason I know it's less than an hour is because the second match that we didn't watch, they wrestled to an hour draw, which is almost unheard of in this day and age, that two people would wrestle that much. And two performers who are so athletic, like, not only are they wrestling, they are doing, 
multiple jumps. flips off the top rope. You know, there's tables. There's all kinds of stuff. So the fact that these two guys are able to go that hard for that long is really incredible. Um, we didn't really have time to watch it. It's also, I think, and some people might disagree with me, um, it's also, I think, not the best match for a newer wrestling fan to watch just because it is so long. And it's I, like... Well, it's also... You, if you're new, you don't know what to watch for. You don't understand that even though this move looks a little easier, it's way harder sort of thing. Right. I would not have appreciated it as much a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. And you're definitely learning and you're definitely getting there. And that's something that just comes with time. Yeah. Um, but I did have you watch, yeah, the first one and the second and the third one. And the story of this trilogy is basically... Can Kenny do the one-winged angel? It's a very simple story. Yeah. It's can he hit can he get Okada into position and do the one-winged angel? If he does, he will win. And in the first match, there's a lot of very dramatic moments where he almost does it. He almost does it and then Okada gets out of it. Okada gets out of it. Okada getting out of it was really impressive, too. Yeah, Just in right? the ways that he flips out and the ways that he like manages to get off of his shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's it's really scary because it's I mean it's it's scary to be falling off of someone's shoulder <laughs> in the first place because it's like you're six feet higher than normal. Um, it's just like all of it is very cool. It's like the 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 just it's the beautiful way they interact with each other. I loved the uh, the setup of the Rainmaker so yeah, much. Where he pulls them in. And where then he pulls them in. It's them. like when you're watching a movie with a knife fight and you have to get the other person closer. Mm-hmm. Or I guess probably Kill Bill, right? Where she like gets um, Go-Go when, the, when, uh, when uh, the bride and Go-Go were fighting. Mm-hmm. And she pulls Go-Go in closer with the vice with with the the chain wrapped around her neck and mm-hmm. then finally gets her mm-hmm. it's it's just it's a really fun beautiful dance it reminds me of like westerns and stuff with the way it's done because he has to take so much more damage getting that close yeah yeah um yeah. and they even say it like i can't he held on he did it mm-hmm. because kenny's just wailing on his head yeah i think both of their finishers are really good finishers because they offer so many creative ways for their opponents to either counter or follow on them because of their positioning to their opponent. It's not just like a variation on a suplex or like a variation on a Boston Crab or whatever. Like it's a very unique, um, sorry, you don't know what a Boston Crab is. Yeah, yeah. I was like, how does that go? (laughs) (laughs) A Boston Crab is, um, Jericho does it a lot. It's the thing, it's like the hold where he like grabs their legs and like they go through his legs and they're face down. Oh, okay. It looks like a really good yoga stretch. It sound. Oh, now I know what you're talking yeah. about. I was like, is it with a white or a red sauce? Like, I didn't know. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Delicious Boston crab. <laughs> it's the white sauce. Um, I just think the way that, um, the multiple ways that Okada gets out of the one-winged angel and then the multiple ways that Kenny escapes the Rainmaker are both testaments to how creative these guys are Mm -hmm. and how much chemistry they have they clearly are on an unbelievable level athletically they can both do really incredible stuff in the ring but they seem to be so in sync with their performance yeah and that's what makes it really special yeah i uh there's been specifically kenny matches i've watched where i've been like Okay, this is planned. They they planned this. This is they had to have worked out where this was going to go. Yeah. This one, it felt like they were like, okay, here are our beats. We can just improvise and go from here. 
But like, like the way that they're just kind of like, you know what, do whatever, destroy me. Like they, t- they both take an uncomfortable amount of neck bumps. Yeah, that is really hard to watch. <laughs> they, I hate that neck breaker. Okada does this neck breaker multiple times in both matches, and it just looks so nasty. It's the one where he has Kenny kind of all, draped over his back almost. Yeah, and then he he jumps down, and it. I mean, I don't know how they work it, but it he. He basically looks like he is dropping Kenny's neck onto his knee. And it just looks so serious. I I think this these matches have a really good sort of like I think the I think the first one in particular is such a good introduction to what wrestling can be for a new fan because it has a little bit of everything. It has some really serious looking brutal striking. It has a table. It has <laughs> You know what wrestling can be? A table. (laughs) You have this like beautiful sense of language and like you want to describe it with the kindest language you have. And then and then there's a chair and there's a table. I mean, what else could you want? There's a table and a guy goes through it and it rules. He goes over the top rope over a six foot three man's head into a table. That's Kaz- what wrestling is. Kazu is six foot three? Yeah. He's a tall drink of water, Why that guy. Why is he calling him little? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he's a tall drink of water. What is the deal? Uh, with but it has that. It has, it has like um, this like, it, there's a lot of like acrobatic moves in it. It's really acrobatic, but it's not like, uh, there's a, there's a term that is used in wrestling discourse. Uh, it is called flippy shit. And that's. <laughs> That's when you believe the earth is flat. Yeah. Flippy shit. I mean, flip is definitely a flippy shit type of wrestler. Flippy shit is what people say when they're describing something with a lot of flips that doesn't really look like fighting. It just looks like people doing flips. Yeah. And this match has a lot of flips, but it's not flippy shit. You know? I kind of like a lot of flips. Like, I love all, like, the jumps and stuff that Kenny does. Yeah. Because he just sits an incredible amount of air, for starters. Crazy. Both of them. Kenny with those with those like crazy uh he does like a Topicon hello over the top rope and he like splays his arms out when he does it. Oh yeah, it looks like he's doing um a breaststroke. Yeah. Crazy. Just the craziest amount of air when he does those knees. Ugh. He jumps up into Okada's face, which again, he is a six foot three tall man. That is crazy. What is the, he, there's one where I don't know the technical term for it, where he jumps off the top turnbuckle and puts all of his feet onto uh, Okada's head and you just see his head. Kenny's head or Okada's head? Onto, oh, Kenny jumps onto Okada's head and you just uh-huh. see his neck immediately be at a 90 degree angle <gasps> and you're like, oh God, <laughs> I'm not enjoying this. Yeah, there's also, I mean, Kenny does all that and then Okada does these like beautiful drop kicks where he jumps up. There's one point, I think this actually happens in both matches where Kenny's sitting on the turnbuckle and Okada jumps up again, several feet in the air and drop kicks Kenny off of it. Yeah. Crazy. It's insane because I think in the first match he has been, you have been sold on him as just being like, he can barely stay awake. Yeah. He's, he's so out. exhausted. He is out. He wants to pass out, but he, he, Daniel, he finds his heart. He Daniel Bryan's mm-hmm. as it were. Um, it's like how I called moon salting a Uh, he finds his heart and he manages to just like do this. Just, I don't even know how to describe it in gymnastics terms. He just does that incredible jump and just 
blasts Kenny yeah. off of the mat. It's just, it's wild. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, it really is very good and very cool. I think this is also like a perfect example of, okay, we've been talking a lot about um, the Golden Lovers on the show. Uh, we love them. They're yeah. sort of like our, our foundation, right? Yeah. And the Golden Lovers are amazing because their performance is laden with so much emotion and years and years of storytelling and, and they've been through so much and that's like part of why they're great. And right? they're also actually in love. Do not. And tell also me they're otherwise. really in love and boyfriends and yeah. that's why they're good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think these matches are a great example of a way that you can tell a compelling story that doesn't need to rely on all of that. You don't need to watch a million matches to understand what's going on here. What's going on here is that Kenny wants to win. He needs to hit his finisher to win. How's he going to do it? That's it. That's all you need to understand. Yeah. And you have a beautiful story. Yeah. And like, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. And the way that they tell the story is through Kenny sort of like methodically working up Okada's back with all of these moves, right? Like, he's attacking his back in everything he does. Yeah, there's a lot of back storytelling. There's and, a lot of neck, too. Yeah, back and neck. And in the last match, Okada comes out with tape on his upper back. Mm -hmm. And Kenny basically just fucking kicks it off of him. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And that's that's what you have to do for the one-winged angel to work, because it's a move that you take on your back and your neck. So you want to, like, it makes logical sense that that is how they would build the match, you know? So, like, it's just all so simple and elegant, and it's executed so perfectly. I just really, really, really enjoy the storytelling. So, another thing that I think is cool about these matches is that these guys both have people in their corner, um, which I think is fun, especially because you are, you know some of these people. I You're knew, familiar I, I with know your my, dirt sons. My dirt sons, the young bucks. <laughs> I assume they're short. Well, A, because they are, and B, because they conduct themselves like the most short men of all time. <laughs> they seem very short. <laughs> Speaking of short men, Ghetto, the guy in Okada's corner, yeah. also just a classic short man. Oh. This is just like a struggle for short man dominance. See, through I their big, strong, tall proxies. I don't know as much about Ghetto, so I did not code him as short. Like... <laughs> They, the Young Bucks, name search so much. I'm Classic sorry. short man you move. You know that they are hung up on being short. They just <laughs> are. Um, Daniel Bryan, not short. No, no, not emotionally. <laughs> not emotionally short. We are talking about emotionally short here. <laughs> to clarify, I've seen Kenny on the sides of matches that they are in. Mm -hmm. So did this role reversal of them being his cheerleaders is really fun. Yeah, they, they what's called, they second him. There's oh, seconds, you know? yeah, because I know they're not valets. And right, because they're wrestlers, but yeah. Yeah, I just... There's, yeah. I learned a new term. It's the yeah. word of the day, which we still have not employed as a function. <laughs> we're planning to have, like, today's, like, secret word for I a feel thing like I we, learned. We usually tackle a couple every episode. We tackle a couple. We try. But, like, I, <laughs> we were like, yeah, and we're going to say it. And we're always just like, eh, it's We there. were going to have segments. Then we realized we talked too much. It's we talked so fucking much. It's really <laughs> impressive. But yeah, so there's the Young Bucks, and then, um, yeah, so Ghetto is kind of an interesting dude because... I knew his name. That's about it. He Well, he is sort of, like, invoked 
in uh, moments of frustration by New Japan fans because he is actually the booker of the entire promotion. So he's in charge of of who does what and who wins and everything. Mm. So it's kind of funny that it's like the booker of the promotion is the guy who loves the champ. Like, hmm, wonder how that happened. Yeah. Hmm, wonder I if mean, he's going to lose. I will say this, <laughs> that it felt very much like the fix, like they kind of openly acknowledge like the fix is in for Okada and they want him to win because the red shoes the entire time is checking in to see if he's okay and is like, a Kenny can handle it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> he's their guy. He's their money guy. He's yeah. the rainmaker. So yeah. he, they need to protect him because so he's making all their money. That's a fun selling of that narrative to claim that like they're worried about him because if he loses, yeah. then we lose our investments or whatever. Yeah, it, it. I think it works. I think it's really fun. It and, does. And Ghetto's just such a like funny person to look at because he wears <laughs> he just he's like bald and he has like a metal guy beard and then he wears like a big bandana over his like eyes. Yeah. So he's just like a weird little cartoon man and he just comes out he's just this little figure that comes out behind Okada who's like Okada's like so grand and he does this big pose and he's with got his those arms cheekbones. out yeah and he's hot and like <laughs> money is falling from the sky I love the idea of him, him having the currency yeah the dollars <laughs> because that's so established that really establishes him as like this is a character here's what I am playing we are in a universe with fake money specific to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's really, I really, really enjoy it in terms of, like, separating, like, the art, the artist. Yeah. Because, you know, clearly he's a goofier guy in real life who doesn't think he's a god that bereft's his own currency, but <laughs> a character is a character, and he's here to play it. Yeah, uh, and he, do, he does it great. Like, he really does. I, I think it all works. Um, but, yeah, I, I just like that they both come out with their own little sort of side side dudes they don't really get too involved in any of this but i i just like seeing them you know yeah i mean the bucks are definitely involved in the first match where they're like directing kenny like jump on the table do it now or (laughs) no it wasn't jump on the table it's that they set up the table for him yes okay yeah they did set up the table so they are little troublemakers yep they're interns. Yeah. Trickster interns. <laughs> trickster interns. They're learning the ways <laughs> from Kenny. Yes, yeah, so we're talking about how Okada never gets beat and everything. But in the last match we watch, he does. He gets beat fair and square, which yeah. is rare for him. It's also a shorter match. Yeah, it's short. I feel like it's sort of the the grand finale, you know? Yeah. It's the end of the of the fireworks, especially because the match before this that we didn't watch was this sort of long battle of attrition that's just both of them being so incredibly exhausted. Love that. I love that that's I love that that's what you went for cuz it's just good and correct. Um <laughs> Thank you. Yes. But yeah, so this one is sort of the the uh we're pulling out all the stops, we're just doing it. It's powerhouse, it's fast-paced. Yep. Um Kenny finally We've been leading up to this. Yeah. He finally hits the one-winged angel. He did it in the second match, but Okada was close enough to the rope that he didn't... Uh, that he grabs it with his foot, right? Yeah, he sticks his foot out at the last minute. That's funny because when I was a uh, uh, track and field and cross-country runner in high school, one of the things we were th- we were taught is that it doesn't matter what part of your body crosses the finish line first as long yeah. as it's your body that crosses. So when you see a runner in a race at the end, the reason their limbs are so extended is not because they're exhausted because they're actually exerting more energy by doing that. It's that they're trying to reach first. And a common joke we had on women's track and field was win by a boob. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. What they, I remember once 
we had we had a relay race and the girl with the biggest boobs was the end girl <laughs> so she could win by the tit and by, she did I like it. she won by a boob oh a few that's times. awesome yeah no good so for yeah her. that's basically what Okada's trying to do he wins by a boob he <laughs> gets out of the one winged angel and then finally in the last match Okada titty um, he he wins by a boob he wins um, by a boob they they wrestle to a draw and then yeah and then he finally wins and a draw is pretty wild a draw after sixty minutes is wild too like, yeah that's crazy that, that neither one can get a pin in an hour that's um do you remember the match that we watched on the Twitch stream with the rigged ring that was going to explode yeah neither of them win they just get yeah. electrocuted a lot that was um, <laughs> if anybody listening is curious it was a Terry Funk match I can't remember who he was wrestling. Um, but it was a barbed wire time bomb death match. Look it up. It was a lot of fun. Speaking of Terry Funk, also look up his music. Oh yeah. <laughs> Terry Funk, great musician. I've listened to that song a lot. It's really good. It's a really good song. Yeah, Terry Funk is great. Yeah. <laughs> the um, one the one thing I like the the thing I keep trying to lead to and that we keep getting immediately veering off topic from. The thing I'm trying to get to is the fact that Kenny actually did win, which is very unusual for an Okada match that someone was actually able to beat him, even though it wasn't a title match. For most Kenny matches, we're used to him. I'm used to him winning. Yeah, I mean, he's good and he's he's seen as like a, a very top guy in this company, but that's kind of what this um, trilogy of matches was about. It was about a struggle for who was going to be the face of New Japan. Mm -hmm. And especially during this time period where they're starting to cater to more Western fans, which is new for them. Like the fact that they have English commentary now for all of their big pay-per-views, like that is very recent. They did not have English commentary even at Wrestle Kingdom up until recently. So this sort of idea is that Kenny's like, Thanks. you need me. Thank you to Jericho, right? Kinda? No, it was before that. It was, it was, oh, okay. yeah, it was before that, but not that much before that. Um, but the, like Kenny's promos during this time. And again, these are heel promos. He's doing this as a heel foreigner, but it's still kind of an interesting storyline where he's like, if you want to break into a Western market, you need me as your champion. Like Okada's not going to do it. He's been the champion long enough and he's Japanese and people are not interested. You need me. I need to win this. Oh, it is a heel move to exploit racism. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't do it as he doesn't like, do it racistly explicitly, <laughs> but that is sort of the thing. Is like I'm the, who's going to change this business, and it's interesting because I think in the way that people talk about these matches and the way that this kind of put Omega on the map, he wasn't wrong in being explicit about the fact that like white fans clearly saw him as the guy that they were identifying with. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sucks. Yeah, it kind of sucks. You know? Like, yeah. it, it it's probably, a bummer. It probably sucked for Kenny as a fan of wrestling and as a fan of Japanese wrestling yeah. to not only have to play that character, but to kind of realize it as it, as Kenny the person. Yeah. And like, I, I and I, you know, Kenny, when he was talking about this stuff, it wasn't me, a white guy. It was me, Kenny Omega. Yeah. I'm the best. Yeah. You need me because I'm the best. Ooh. But like, it's definitely also you're trying to break into this Western market. I'm a really overstar in the US. And it's a hard thing to deal with because, like, I'm not gonna lie, I started watching New Japan because of Kenny Omega and because of the Bucks and not because of the Japanese stars because I wasn't as familiar with them. Yeah. I've come to like them just as much. And a lot of my favorites in New Japan now are the Japanese wrestlers. 
But who are your favorites other than presumably well Okada and presumably Kota? My favorite besides Kota. Okada is like up there, but he's not my favorite. My favorite is probably uh, Hiromu Takahashi, who Ooh. is um, we t- we've talked about him. You've seen him. He's in the junior division, so he's kind of little. He has um, red dyed hair, and he looks like he lives in the garbage. Oh, yeah. yes, he's a, the one with Daryl. He's the one with Daryl the cat, the a, stuffed cat. A, I know who he is. B. Every single one of your favorite wrestlers is like, yeah, he looks like he lives in the garbage. Yeah, I love wrestlers that look like they live in the garbage. That's who I'm into. Hiromu's just like a little like trash. He's like a raccoon. Like Adam Cole is a possum. Hiromu's a raccoon, I think. But yeah. They, but they both live in the trash. I guess I'm more of a possum girl. <laughs> I like Hiromu. I like, a, I like everybody in LIJ. I like... Um, I really like Bushi. I really like... Um, oh, I do like Bushi. I really like Bushi. Yeah, he's he's really cool. Um, I like Minoru Suzuki, who's not an LIJ, but who I like. I Yeah, I just... I But I didn't know about any of them because, you know, I wasn't... That wasn't what gets talked about in the Western Kenny wrestling Because Kenny was your press. westernized entrance. Exactly. Yes. So, yes. like, it's, it's a complicated thing because I don't think he was necessarily wrong, but it's also really frustrating... Okada is recognized as one of, if not the best wrestler in the world. So it's not like he's underrated or anything. Yeah. But when people are talking about these matches, I don't think they focus on his performance as much. And I I do think part of that is the racism. I do think part of it is because, like I said, he's a little more understated. But these matches would not exist without these two exact guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Okada was ranked in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which is like a big wrestling newsletter. He was he was ranked as the number one wrestler in the world last year. So it's not like... I don't want to make it sound like everybody's ignoring him, <laughs> but um, it's just the way that people talk about him is different. And I do think that part of that is because of his race. So... That sucks. That sucks. <laughs> That's kind of all. I don't have any we like, don't good have analysis. A segue. We don't have a segue. Sucks. It just it just sucks. <laughs> I we, like you know. Uh, so I liked this match. Uh, they they it's it was definitely a fun intro to Okada. I want to know more. He's had some really good matches with some people you really like lately. Um, he just had a great one with ZSJ, who is uh, one of our faves. We do. She love should ZSJ. definitely watch that. Um, he has been Dustin's tag partner a few times recently, which is exciting. I so we'll watch that. that. Very happy for Dustin. Um, <laughs> Justin. Justin. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, um, yeah, I uh, I, I think that there's Okada. a third name for Dustin now. Chuck, Dustin, Justin. Justin. Fourth, uh, the the bonus one is Chucky T. Chucky T, right? We like when the announcers in Japan say Chucky T. It's very cute. It's very it's very endearing. <laughs> uh, the G one match. It's a fun ending. I what another thing I enjoyed about this is that when you watch two people who are kind of like the top of their game, you often see it end with them shaking each other's hands and being like, "I respect you now." Like the Ome- the the Alpha and Omega match definitely ends with Jericho being like, "I respect you" or mm-hmm. whatever. This they don't really have a respect thing. Yeah. There's no sort of like you are good now, sweet I, sir. I do wonder what their relationship is outside of these matches because they clearly both were so lauded for them and the fact that they were able to have three, the first one was so hyped, Dave Meltzer literally made a new scale for it. And then a few months later, they're asked to do it again. I can't imagine what that kind of pressure is like. Yeah. And the fact that they were able to deliver, not once 
another time, but twice, two other times to give matches that were just as exciting. You know, relatively speaking, a lot of people have different favorites, but like they're all really, really incredible. The fact that they were able to do that and that they have such chemistry with each other. I wonder if they do have any kind of personal relationship. It doesn't seem like they do. I was going to surmise that because they both care so much and they have such a professional view on it that they probably don't just so they can keep it at this professional yeah. of a level. Leave it all in the ring. Leave it all in the ring. Because, like, I mean, it also seems like... And Kenny's a goof, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't seem like the sort of goof that Okada is. Yeah, I mean, they both seem like very nice people who all have good senses of humor, so they probably would, like, get along, but they're not, like... They definitely aren't, like, hanging out. They're good work friends. Yeah, they're work friends. They're work friends, but, like, I mean, also, I just feel like Kenny probably doesn't get as blackout drunk as, Kenny like, doesn't drink. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what it is. That's what it is. Okada likes to party. Okada that, likes to party. Kenny does it. So they're good Okada work friends. Okada does tequila shots and then uh, points at a big sign that says rock bottom and then tweets a picture of him doing that at the rock. <laughs> So it's a different really, type of dude. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're just different dudes, but like they undi- understand each other in a work setting. Yeah, and like I'm sure, like if they ever if they have like you know the New Japan version of a Christmas party, they'll be like, "Hey man, <laughs> hope you have a nice holiday." Yeah. But you know, <laughs> part of that too is um, if you're in if you're in like different factions, you're like not supposed to hang out in real life because then people who see you are like, "Hey, wait, you're not supposed to like them." Like <laughs> that's like kind of a thing. So. Yeah, I don't think there's, like, they have any professional reason to hang out. (laughs) And, like, wrestling is so important to both of them that, like, if we don't have a professional reason to hang out and there's better reason for us not to hang out, then we won't hang out, you know? Ah. Yeah. I respect that, even though I think they could maybe have fun with each other. Let's set them up on a blind date. Oh, um, that wouldn't that be an incredible Nancy Myers movie? (laughs) I think that would be, I think Omega, Omega Okada 4 is just a blind date instead of another match. It's just them going on a blind date. And they're set up by Tiffany Haddish. Yes. That's the movie. That's a movie. (laughs) Nailed it. I think on that note, (laughs) it's time to go. Okay. Um, We've learned a lot uh, this episode. We learned about where boobs are on your feet. Um, (laughs) We've learned about Okada. We've learned about short men. Uh, We've we've learned a lot. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please throw us a rating on iTunes. Review. Subscribe. Um, We are reachable on Twitter at WrestleSplania at gmail at wrestlesplania at gmail.com um thank you again to hunk tears west coast producer uh regular producer nate um illy Boshan made our logo and i think that's everything thanks again guys have a good one thanks y'all if they all know that feet are the hands of the leg of course yes. but the question is what are they the boobs of <laughs> thank you thank you i Finally, so I wish you had a mic all the time. <laughs> I feel so hard. I would say that I think on feet and in, in the feet feet boob dichotomy that the nipple is a little removed from the boob itself because the heel is the boob and the toe is the nipple. I think the toes are the boobs. I really do. I we think- can't have this conversation again. We already had it. <laughs> we need to finish this podcast. It's if, 10 o'clock at if night. If the man likes a pinky toe, he likes <laughs> tiny nipples. If he likes um, a big toe. He- I don't think there's a correlation. I just think people are creepy about both. <laughs>